Hello and welcome to the Who's Podcast uh, with me, Phil. And on this uh, particular episode, uh, we're going to talk about cosplay. Uh, but not just Doctor Who cosplay, we're going to talk about all sorts of cosplay. And uh, I have a special guest um, for this episode as well. And it's someone I've, I've been wanting to, to talk to for a very long time actually about cosplay. Um, it's some of the work I've followed on Facebook. And it's Joanne Alexander. Joanne, welcome to the podcast. Hey Phil, how's it going? It's going great. It is going great. Thank you so much for joining us uh, today. Um, say so I've been a, a, a long-term fan um, of your work. I really have been, um, and I just sort of love all the <laughs> the work and attention to detail that that goes um, goes into your uh, your, your uh, outfits. So um, yeah, I'm well, a tired of this. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I think really. So let's start. I mean, what was your um, sort of your influences before you got into um, into cosplay, and I'm assuming that you were a sort of massive, sort of like comic book, film, sci-fi um, geek or nerd, what you want to call it. Yeah, I've been a huge nerd for years, um, long before it was cool. Um, and funny, Doctor, I must confess now at this point, the Doctor Who was only something I got into probably about ten years ago. Okay. Maybe not even that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was something that came later in life. I watched it when I was much younger. And then I came back to it again later on. And obviously, I do some Doctor Who cosplay. But, um, yeah, my influences probably would have been more Judge Dredd as I was growing up and the Beano. Oh, right. (laughs) And um, Batman. Yeah, all all those usual sort of stuff. All that usual stuff, yeah. Yeah, so so what was it actually sort of got you into into cosplay? Was it sort of attending conventions and just seeing what other people were were, were doing? Was 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 that your influence? Yeah, well, it was a bit of a strange one, actually. Um, I used to belong to the Vampire Society in Northern Ireland. Oh, okay. Now, this is weird. But I organised <laughs> yeah, organised a murder mystery weekend in uh, in Ireland, in Westport. It was mm. one that anybody could go to. And I thought, hmm, I need a costume for this. And my brother suggested, why don't you go as martial law? Now, most people probably won't know what martial law is. And they'll probably think it's the one from Tekken. But martial law is a futuristic cop. The wears a gimp mask and has barbed wire on his arm, and he's also male. And I thought this would be a really good one to do for this murder mystery weekend because the subject was uh, international detectives. Oh, and I thought, okay. well, you can't get any more international. No, no, exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So here we were in a wee rural place in Ireland, and in this hotel, and everybody walked in in their costumes, and I walked in wearing a police hat, a gimp mask, a latex coat, <laughs> and thigh high boots. <laughs> And what was the reaction to that? <laughs> I'm quite appreciative, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so I came back later on, a few, quite a few years later. Um, my brother and my friend said to me, "Look, you've got to come down to see this this group called the Emerald Garrison. They run this Heroes and Legends weekend." And I thought, "Well, okay, I'll, I'll go down and I'll have a nosy." Mm. And I walked in, and suddenly there was Michael Keaton's Batman. All oh, these other wow. Star Wars characters, um, ones from V and a lot from Bane, uh, or sorry, from Batman. The Bane was absolutely amazing. And I thought, oh, this, this is fantastic. I need, I need to get involved. And over the months I did. Uh, now, they're predominantly a Star Wars club with a sort of a, a side sideline and heroes. So I got involved mostly in the heroes to start off with and then got dragged into the Star Wars side. Um, and the first one was a biker scout. And about 20-odd costumes later, I'm still making things. 
So what attracted you, first of all, really, what sort of, sort of think, right, biker scout? Was it just because it was something different to like Stormtrooper or Jedi or or Darth Vader yeah, or whatever? Was, yeah. Yeah, it was, um, well, it was probably the easiest one to move about and I like to dance in my costumes. Yes, so we've, seen, we've seen the videos yes, you posted, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was even dancing in a Thai pilot down at an event there two weeks ago. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it was just, it was, I thought, right, okay, that's quite comfortable because Stormtrooper, there's very, very little visibility and whenever you walk in it, you generally rattle and all you can hear is the rattle inside your helmet. That's not a euphemism, by the way, that's just how it is. <laughs> and uh, I, thought, I thought, no, I, I don't really want to do a Stormtrooper. I think I'll go for a biker scout. And there's quite a few women, actually, that do biker scouts. It seems to be quite popular with them. Mm-hmm. Is it literally, is it because it's not as constricted wearing the armour? I think that is that the the main thing, really. Yeah, it is. And you can sit down in it. Stormtroopers can't sit down because they've got a plastic bum. I don't think most people realise that, but it's very, very difficult to sit down whenever, whenever you have a plastic bum. <laughs> I've never tried it, but you never know. <laughs> Yeah, it is. It's literally this this plastic. It's plastic mold out, out where their bum is. You have your cod piece, but obviously you have the bit out the back as well. Yeah, and you don't want to sit on it because you're only going to break it. They're true, very true, very true. But uh, I think that's the other thing as well. I mean, um, is it difficult to sort of get um, sort of accepted into those? Um, so like the Emerald Garrison, is there like a um, sort of like you have to you have to sort of pass some sort of authenticity test to become a member? Well, you can, I'm, I'm in the 501st as well, which is the big worldwide group as well, yeah. too. Um, the big thing is that anybody can crew. If you're enthusiastic, you can do what we call crewing, which means you're looking after the stormtroopers or whatever costume it is, because the lack of visibility can make things quite dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, you can trip over something. So you're really relying on your crew or you're relying on your crew as well to see if something has fallen off. Um, and also when particularly small children come near you and you can't see, it's very easy to walk over the top of them. Uh, some you don't mind walking the top of because they're little brats, but yeah, <laughs> generally true. speaking, yeah. you don't want to be doing that. Yeah, you don't want to be doing. So your crew is very important. So there's always that encouragement for people, to, particularly at the start, to come on crew. Yeah. Uh, what you have to do, but with your costume, is it has to be a certain level. You have you have to to come up to a certain level before they go. What's called clearance? For mm. say, yep, that's fine. You can troop along with us rather than having somebody turning up in a in a very well. Well, what for them would probably be a really great costume, but. It's maybe not movie accurate, and the clubs are trying to keep up certain reputations, so it has to be a particular standard, which is quite stressful to put together, but then you do have a better costume out of it. That's true. I mean, I I must admit, I have seen those. Um, you can buy sort of the Stormtrooper armour um, on things like Amazon, and I think for the whole thing, minus the boots and obviously the blaster and the holster, it's about, uh, about 500 quid for the whole thing. Now, am I sort of right in saying for that kind of money, it's not going to get you something that's completely screen accurate and it's going to fit properly either? Mm, yeah, it's, it, it just depends sometimes. I mean, my biker scout, now how long have I had my biker scout? Six years. And I think at the time I had to get it shipped in from America. I think it cost me about, in total, mm. because I had to get a nappy, as we call them. This is the Cumberband. And... Um, Boots and bits and pieces. I think it cost me about five hundred pounds all in by the time I'd made it, which was re- which was at that time was was a good bit cheaper than a, a stormtrooper. So you you could do you know what the thing is? You could pay whatever you really want to for these things. It just depends whether you want to do it purely for fun 
or whether you want to get serious and do it for one of the clubs. Yeah, I think I think that's the thing because obviously I I mean I sort of cosplay now and again when I go to um it's just Doctor Who and so I go as um twelve or and now I've got a nine out which I haven't actually worn in public Ooh. yet actually but um I think for for me it's it's trying to get it as screen accurate um as possible um which is funnily enough it's quite difficult for Doctor Who uh, cosplay because a lot of the stuff especially with the um modern era of Doctor Who. Uh, you think it'd be quite easy because a lot of it's quite sort of contemporary clothing, but a lot of it's end of line or end of season, so it becomes very very difficult to get hold of. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, I uh, believe, believe yeah, that. Yep. yeah. So I mean, I, was, I mean, do you have that sort of that same kind of thing um, with say so, like the Star Wars cosplay because it, it's more manufactured? Do you is, or is it still difficult to come across something that's completely screen accurate? Uh, no, it's probably actually slightly easier uh, because there's there's you know manufacturers and, and makers out there that that'll do that particular run because there's there's a big demand for it. Mm. But the thing with some of the 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 the, the um, not so popular characters like Doctor Who, as you say, and and some of the hero stuff, you're having to make it from scratch, and that can be very difficult. Now, I'm very fortunate because my best friend Kate, who you would know as Maison de Kato, exactly, uh, yeah. Yeah, we work alongside together and she's fantastic. She does all what we call the soft parts and I would do the props. And together we, we can normally knock out something that's pretty damn good. But <laughs> it can be very frustrating at times trying to source the parts as well because they're not mass produced. And we have many conversations pulling our hair out and trying to figure out what the hell are we going to do with this thing here. I mean, for instance, yesterday I was actually up at our house because we're doing Aliens Ripley. Now, I have Alien Ripley. Yeah. But we're actually putting aliens Ripley together at the moment, and you wouldn't believe how difficult those trousers have been to do. We made a set the other over the course of a couple of weeks because both of us have other lives and we're kind of doing our spare time. Yeah, and I thought, great, this is it. These trousers look good, but pardon me for cursing here, the fuckers wouldn't die a light blue <laughs> and a lighter color because there's too much polyester. And so we thought, oh shit, we're gonna have to start all over again. So I was down at our house yesterday. Whenever you know we were messaging yesterday, I so said I was actually at Kate's trying to start a new pair of trousers and there's just there are times where you think why the hell did i start this costume this should be really simple that's another thing you'll hear from costumers it started off it was supposed to be simple but it didn't turn out that way is there anything you sort of sort of wish you sort of you, you never sort of started or, or you have actually sort of given up halfway through for now this is just too much time and effort um not yet i must admit i felt like throwing batwoman in the bin this year because We'd made a great cloak last year. When I say me, Kate made it. And uh, I had hung it up and the material had stretched. So the red lining was then too short for the black outside. And oh, it was all curling yeah. under. It's a lovely scoop, you know, on the bottom of the, yeah, of the cape. Yeah. And I needed it too because I was guesting in, in Liverpool Comic Convention. And I was just I was just ready for the hills because Batwoman has had so many iterations over the years. She's just become a pain in the arse, to be truthful. <laughs> So, so what iteration, the mask is terrible. I, I was going to say, what iteration of Batwoman are, are you um, up to at the moment then? Oh, gosh, it must be about four, I'm sure. Because the, the really? mask, the very first time I got the mask, it was professionally made. But the problem mm. was that they'd put these silver lenses into it. And then the condensation built up around them. And I was working at a comic convention. And I actually couldn't see anything. <laughs> I had to feel along the wall <laughs> to go back to the change room. I was literally as blind as a bat. Couldn't see a thing. Oh, no. 
Crikey! So, so, so you've had to continually modify that mask and the costume just so it you don't get condensation yeah. build up or, or or more freedom of movement or whatever it might be. One so. of the biggest problems with every single costume, though, is sweat. Yeah, yeah. You might look glamorous, yeah. but and I'm sure you've probably found it if you're wearing coats or anything and, and as cosplay, you get so warm. Do you know what? I, th- I think the first time I wore um, the the Capaldi. Um, outfit. It, it was the it, it was the, the the blue. Well, they call it a crombie. It's not a crombie, but the, the, the blue crombie style um, jacket um, with like the shirt and the waistcoat and the trousers and boots and everything. And I was doing it as part of a, a, a mini run charity thing. I dressed the car up as the mini up as a Dalek. Um, so as oh, me, cool. so as the doctor sort of driving it, but it was like a thirty degree heat. Um, and I managed to keep it on all day long. And there was, I kept bumping into this guy, and he saw me standing in my car at the beginning of the day, and it was already starting to warm up, and he goes, you're a brave man, right? So he saw me about lunchtime when we sort of pulled over, and I'm still in the car, and he just shook my hand. He said, well done, mate, well done. <laughs> then I saw him at the end of the day, and he just sort of like gave me a hug. <laughs> I still had the jacket on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah, so, um, and of course, the other yeah. time I've worn it has been, has been a, a galley, um, a galley for a one convention in LA. But but the thing is, though, every time I've worn the coat, the weather has been awful. So it's been it's been raining and windy, and I've, I've been glad of the coat. So it's worked out fine. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Well, but, that is good. I'll tell you what's really, war- really warm to wear is Missy. Because Missy has this, that, that wig, actually, that I wear, that was a long straight wig yeah and i styled it because i got this thing for styling wigs and all of it and um i put it in an updo the victorian updo but it has yep. it has pieces inside it to actually lift the hair and that's like walking around with a quilt on your head plus then there's the suit itself and those high heat boots that i can't walk in and the heat <laughs> is it's, fierce. it's really really bad and you just you just have to wash, wash the wee blouse every time you take it off oh, I bet. the blouse yeah. is the first thing that you have to wash yeah 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 room sometimes after what we call trooping, so yeah, that can be a wee bit stinky on it. <laughs> Everybody has their charnacan one, which is a deodorant. That's a nickname for it, charnacan. All right, and, okay. uh, yeah. It's even worse when somebody puts their costume away and doesn't clean it before Ooh. they come out again, and then the lift either they open either up the suitcase or the big plastic container it's in, and it's just it's pungent. I was going to say a little bit stiff as well, no doubt. <laughs> Yeah, so oh, it's stinky now. I have to say. I generally oh. speaking, I try to look after mine because yeah, I'm worried yeah. about them falling apart. Yeah, yeah. same here. And same here. You're picking me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think that I, I, I did actually. Yeah, go on. Sorry. Yeah, go. Sorry, what you saying? No, no, I was go, just going to say, I did London MCM actually as the Doctor, the Thirteenth Doctor, and I expected it to be an awful lot warmer in that long coat, but it wasn't too bad. Yeah, I was going to say because that. I mean. Um... Obviously, is it a t-shirt with like a like a long sleeve um, top underneath it as well? Like, yep. And then you have got the coat on top and the trousers and brace and everything. Yeah, I, I was going to say because I um, do. Do you find it sort of like that when when you sort of the, the costume is layered, um, that it becomes as you say the heat builds up a little bit more than it would normally would do. Yeah. It... It's weird. Some days you can cope with it. It actually gets to the stage where, because of of costume now for it's it's over six years, um, that it it's you just sort of get used to it. It's almost like you have an out of body experience. You think, right, okay, I can do this. <laughs> I can do yeah, this. Yeah. I just fight through it again. And 
you know, you sort of get waves off it. There's times where you think, oh, I'm just too warm, especially because I wear an awful lot of wigs with my costumes. Mm. I, every time I look at a character, for some reason, <laughs> they're wearing a wig. And I just hate that. <laughs> because even even working on some Star Trek ones at the moment, and I'm thinking every single one of those buggers has a wig. And Cersei Lannister, she might have a short wig, but the thing is, once you put a wig on, your head just, it just melts. It doesn't matter how short or how long it is. Yeah, I, yeah I've, um, I, I must admit, I've never gone down the wig route at the moment, because as you probably know, Joanna, I'm sort of follically challenged. Uh, it's one hell of a parting I've got going up there. Um, and... <laughs> I've, I've, I've often thought sort of like the, the Capaldi outfit because he's got that great big shock of grey hair. Or he did towards the end anyway. Um, I was oh, sh- sh-, and I see other people doing the whole wig thing. And I just think I don't know if that, I don't know if that would sort of like I, I could go that far with it. Um, maybe because I'm, I'm well, I used to be like you know red hair, and um, I just think like a you know like a, a grey wig with ginger eyebrows just looks a bit odd. <laughs> Tell me this, as a fellow redhead, are you as bad tempered as I am? Uh yes I am. <laughs> yeah. And I'm a Leo yeah. as well, so I'm definitely quick to anger. <laughs> Good man. Let's, I think it must be in our DNA. <laughs> I think it's gotta be. It's gotta be. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah I just, I've never gone gone down that I've, I've I've only worn a wig once and that was for a uh, a video podcast I did and I couldn't wait to get the damn thing off. I only had it on for about half an hour. As you say, it is it is, it's really horrible. It, it's just the heat just builds mm-hmm. up. Especially I had studio lights on me as well. Um, yeah. I didn't find it at all pleasant, to be honest. So. It's, I mean, tomorrow I'm up and I'm, I'm doing, I do Queen Hippolyta as well from uh, Wonder Woman's Ma, Wonder Woman's Mom. Yes, yes. So, yep. Yeah, that is a uh, really, really good costume, by the way. Oh, it's, it's amazing. I, I, I didn't have my hand in that one at all. Um, that was made by evil chimp fx who is dave colin who, who lives in ireland and mm-hmm. uh, he makes wookies and his work is unbelievable um wow. he's working on a load of mortal Kombat costumes at the moment and he's asked me to do one called cetrion he, he actually messaged me about a month ago and said do you know the way you're queen how would you like to be promoted to an elder god and i thought yeah all right okay i'll do it <laughs> and he sent me photographs and thought yeah thighs are gonna be out again it's typical <laughs> and uh so he, he made Queen Hippolyta, but there's a photographer friend of mine over here called Robert Malone, and who who did some great. There, there's photographs you might have seen of me dressed as Judge Anderson last year with my friend who's in a wheelchair. Uh, yes, that's right. Um, yes, I have. Yeah, Judge Fisher. Yep. Yeah. So Robert, he, he and I and and Maison de Cato are all heading up to Ballantoy Harbour tomorrow morning. Now Ballantoy Harbour is actually where they've shot some of the Game of Thrones ones. Oh. Okay. Uh, the, the Iron Islands. The, the harbour that, that that's used in it is actually Ballantoy Harbour. Oh, okay, okay. I, I knew it was filmed in Ireland, but I didn't. I, I, was, I don't know any, any of the uh, locations or anything. So, oh, wow, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Yeah, I have to get up there early actually because from about twelve o'clock, all these mad tourists arrive and the place is crawling and you, you can't get moving anywhere. So, if anybody sees it, we're just going to say we're shooting Game of Thrones. <laughs> but yeah, there's there's a little beach around the corner apparently from it that's quite it's quite quiet and quite well hidden. Mm. So we're going there to try and recreate some of the scenes from Wonder Woman, where she oh. you know she's on the beach. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, fantastic, excellent. So I mean, is, is there any sort of? Um, I mean, obviously, I think the the one thing I I sort of first um, saw you cosplaying, especially like through Facebook, was your judge or sort of the judges outfits from from the world of Judge Dread. Um, what sort of first got you into into that? Was was it more the the Dread movie from two thousand twelve, or was was it the the, the comic book um, Judge Dread two thousand AD that sort of got you into it? 
Well, I've been a massive fan ever since I was a kid uh, with the ju- with Judge Dredd. Yeah. But then the, the movie came out in, in 2012, and we went to see it. It was the other half's birthday, and so I'll oh, come on, we'll go and see this. And it completely blew me away. But that was before I got into cosplay. And then right, when I got okay. into it, I seen these judge costumes start to appear, and I thought, oh, I want a bit of this. And it, it was one of the slow, slowest costumes I had but to put together because – it started, I think it took me two years. One of the biggest problems was I kept making things in between. Mm-hmm. It was slow to get the parts because the female costume, whenever you look at it, it's slightly different. It's different knee armor. It's different um, chest, or sorry, different knee and elbow pads and different mm-hmm. uh, body armor. Yeah. And even the shoulders, you know, everything's just that wee bit smaller. And it took it took a bit of research and a bit of hunting about to try and get the parts. I think it's slightly more available now, but... That's Judge Archer was the first judge that I did, and she did. She took a wee while, and then it was quite handy last year. All I did was swap the helmet for um, a wig and change the holster from left-handed to right-handed for Judge Anderson. Uh, and then, of course, recently there's been Judge Meta Lawson, which was completely from scratch. There, there wasn't anything there I could buy, actually, for it. Oh, right. Okay. Because I said, I've, yeah, I've seen you be- sort of posting the sort of like the sort of like your, your progress um, photos as you've been going along. Um I say it's just really, really impressive. It really is. Yeah, she was um, the, the shoulder armor actually with it, it. It looks great. It's it's quite simple actually. It's ten mil foam with um, cuts into it and then heated so that it separates. That that will not mean anything to anybody who doesn't know what it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a bugger to wear because you hit. I've been hit myself off doors and people, and it's just it's really hard to wear. And that wing is a total bollocks because it goes all the way down to the floor and it just gets caught in everything and gets pulled out and oh it's, it's a nightmare and then people come up and try to whip you with it which doesn't help matters no either. not really no, <laughs> no. I, was, I was gonna say because obviously <laughs> the photographs I've, I've sort of seen you cosplay with, with other um cosplayers it's all from from the um predominantly from the, the 2012 um dread film um has anybody turned up in a stallone cos uh, costume no, not yet. Uh, I haven't seen one. I've only seen some online. Now, a friend of mine, uh, Steve Robb, who's Steve's prop shop, really, really good. Check him out online as well. Yeah. He's making a Stallone helmet at the moment. Oh, right. I, I did okay. see one actually on a stand. I worked at a convention. Yeah, I, I, I worked at a convention. It was for the love of sci-fi. And I think it must be about three years ago. And mm-hmm. there was about 30 odd of us judges. And they actually had, somebody had very generously um, put their, their Stallone version uh, on a on a sort of a model that day, and it was fascinating to look at the they were so different. I mean, sty- stylishly, apart from the cod piece, it looks fantastic. But I think it's really hard to beat the 2012 version because it's practical. I mean, exactly. I, I'm a biker. I'm a, yeah, I'm an actual motorcyclist as well. So yes, I've actually ridden in that up and down the driveway because you can't hardly see with a helmet. But you could physically ride a motorbike in that. I mean, that's the bottom part of my Judge Anderson's and um, Judge Anderson's stroke archer is actually my motorcycle leathers. So it's a very, very practical suit to wear. It's more practical, actually, to be honest, than the comic book version, which is basically a one-piece leather suit exactly. with huge shoulders. I know. I, yeah. do you know I, I did see someone um, do that. Oh, I was probably about twenty, over twenty or so years ago. It was at, um, an expo, and it's really it's before um, cosplaying was really a, um, you know a thing, especially in, in the UK. But he, he was there as professionally as Judge Dredd. And it was based on the comic book version, but it was wrong, though, because the leather of uh, One Piece was, was he had it as blue, 
And I think that's yeah. something, and that's something that everyone gets wrong. The blue is just the highlighting on the inking um, from, from the um, from, from, from the on, on the comic book. It, the, the outfit's actually black. Yeah, the helmet is yeah. black. Um, it looked mm-hmm. great though. Don't get me wrong. It looked absolutely fantastic. And the guy had the stature as well. Um, and they did like a little showy sort of rest of purple. Or something so it was you know it was quite well done and um i say up close the costume looked absolutely authentic apart from the color um which i thought as a, as a professionally made costume i found that quite bizarre to be honest because so i've been a, a model maker for best part of 30 odd years and it's all about the detail for me if something's mm-hmm. not right um if i buy like a, a kit or a model i'm scratch building something um it it has to be right, so I research it, make sure it's as, as accurate as I can possibly get it. Um, I mean, you do tie yourself up in knots over things like that, though. That's the that's the only thing. You know, yeah. I, I, oh, you do. Oh. Yeah. I'm having flashbacks here to actually do Ripley's flight suit from Alien. All right. Okay. So, oh fuck! Um, <laughs> last year, uh, <laughs> no, it's the only way I could describe that. I have a friend who does Dallas, uh, Andy Pelasides. Um, he's what's his hood cosplay check him out and um, he 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 did Dallas where was I I was at MCM and last year a lot with him and my brother and a few other friends and he had Dallas and I thought oh do you have a Ripley and he went no I don't want because mm. we were going back to nine worlds again in August yeah, yeah. I could do Ripley once again I thought this will be a piece of piss it'll be really really easy to do unfortunately it wasn't the more I studied it but I thought I'm going to have to get a flight suit, which between him and his wife, who lived in America at the time, they very, very kindly brought one over for me. And Kate and I modified it and blah, 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 because she has laces, lacing and all up the back that most people don't realise. No, there, there is. So yes. No. Was, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and, most, and most don't get that. So that all that was put on. Everything was accurate as usual. Then we tried to dye it. <laughs> this is <laughs> but like, like, like these treasures again. And it wouldn't die because it's flame retardant. And I hadn't oh. realised that at the time. And it looks on screen that it's blue. I suppose. Be, I, I was going to say, suppose being a, a flight suit, it makes sense for it to sense for it to be flame retardant, doesn't it? Really? <laughs> one of those obvious things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's still certain areas that I'm learning about, and dying is one of them at the moment. But uh, no, it, it sat in my sink in the utility room, stainless steel sink, for hours, and it, there wasn't a change in colour in it at all. <laughs> and I went through bottles and bottles of dye. And then Andy messaged me and he says, I hate to tell you this, but apparently your suit's actually green. And then we went on to something else and people were arguing about whether it was green or whether it was blue. Because you know what it's like, the the lighting in films and TV series can just completely knock the colour exactly, off. Exactly. I mean, can, the doctor's, yeah. yeah, the new doctor's coat, I thought it was lilac. I, I would have sworn it was lilac. I seen the making off programme and it was definitely lilac. And then it was released and it was actually grey. So the one I had was, was correct because I thought I was going to have to dye it too. But, the thing recently, they actually released some photographs of uh, behind the scenes of Alien because mm-hmm. you know it's the 40th anniversary That's this right. year. Yeah, and it turned out like, yeah, the flight suit's green. <laughs> <laughs> so it was actually just as well. It's just as die, well, exactly. Yeah. They're doing a blue version, but that's not, not technically correct. So no, it's not. No, I can't even remember how I started that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other thing is, well, didn't you have a, a couple of attempts at the uh, the flamethrower as well? Yeah. Oh, oh gosh. <clears throat> I swore I wouldn't make one after the first one. Um, again, I thought, oh, I went to Nine Worlds last year and Andy, Andy was in his Dallas and I was in my Ripley. And uh, I thought he had his flamethrower and it was 3D printed. It's a bit heavy, but it was it was cool. It was really mm. cool. And I thought, yeah, 
Ripley needs a flamethrower. Ripley needs an alien as well, which I've also got. You, you see me wandering around with that on my back. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Thought, yeah. Some guy messaged me on Facebook through my Hedge Scout page and said, um, "I can I can three D print print you one, and it's about one hundred twenty pounds." And I thought, okay. I'm always, I'm always big into making things, so how do we think? Thought about it, and I, mm-hmm. and I messaged Andy, and I said, "What do you think?" Excuse me, <clears throat> and he said, uh, "Well, you're still going to have to have an, you're going to have to do an awful lot of work on that because you'll have all the, you know, the 3D print lines. I yeah. think people don't realise there's some 3D printed. It's not necessarily ready to go. You have to do a bit of work on it. You to do sand well. It down, um, I was going to say because as you know, I bought that um, 2012 Dread Lawgiver. Um, which is a 3D printed one. Yeah. um, yeah, Oh, God, it's awful. (laughs) I've got a hell of a lot of work to put into that. I really have. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have the skills. You'll be able to do it. You have the skills. But that's the bit. I think that's maybe one of the things, just to go off on a sidetrack there, when it comes to props and and even making clothes and things like that, your templates are a big thing. And your preparation and your primers and your fillers and your base coats, those are the things that make can make something that maybe you bought really cheap and maybe a bit dodgy on it and maybe full of holes, but by the time you're finished with it, you know, as you were saying earlier about making props from, you know, what did you call them? Um, wherever you make a prop that's kit bashing. Yeah, 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 scratch, scratch building. Yeah, kit bashing. Scratch building, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, that maybe doesn't start off looking anything good until you spend that time then priming it, filling it, and then, you know, putting your other coats on it. It, it can be the finish that, that makes it and I, I think that'll be the same with your judge gun but yeah Ripley's flamethrower yeah I thought right okay maybe I'll try making one and Andy sent me a video and um it was some guy online who had made one from foam board I thought oh, okay. oh this is quite good yeah yeah so I, I made mine from foam board and but I realized after it finished it was maybe slightly oversized and it'll be all right for someone who's about six foot five rather than five foot six <laughs> and I thought it's probably, the, it's probably the right size of Sigourney Weaver. She's over six foot tall, isn't she? So, Yeah, this is it. She's tall, and yeah. uh, I'm a stump, stumpy compared to her. And I thought, <laughs> right, I'm going to have to remake that. And uh, I didn't really want to remake it. I got, I got an invite to, to guest at Liverpool Comic Con, and they wanted Ripley. And I thought, right, okay, I can't really bring that flamethrower over. Because you will get stuff out of Belfast International Airport, because we know what real guns and things like look like. Oh, yes. But as soon as you try to bring anything back from the mainland, I have so many stories about that. I could take up a whole <laughs> podcast and trying to <laughs> trying to bring some fish looking items back from the UK and getting stopped. I thought, no, that's not going to work. So the next one I made, I thought, right, okay, what did you learn? What lessons did you learn from the first one? And I thought, right, okay, you know that it's slightly oversized in places. And what mm. you need to do is make this one that you can actually break it down into parts so they can put it in your suitcase and it won't get picked up. <laughs> 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 I made it again, once again, Fomax, but the muzzle on it is actually made from a poster tube. The back of it, the stock, is made also made from a poster tube. Uh, you can take uh, the the leads out of it and you can unscrew the, the flamethrower, the gas, what would be the gas bottles. And you can take the spark plug out because I thought maybe a, a wire coming out of a spark plug might look a wee bit dodgy on somebody coming from Northern Ireland. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you never really lose that stigma. And and just so much so much of it comes apart and then I can put it in the suitcase and it's much easier to travel with. Wow. That, I, mean, I, think yep. that, I think that's the thing that you sort of, for what you just said there, it's made from an old like poster tube. Um, I think if you looked at it, you would, you would not think that at all. You think that's a proper, you know, movie no. prop. You know, I think that's the... I think that's why it's worth putting the time and effort into something. Yeah, definitely. You know, so you, you get I mean, that kind that, of reaction. Uh, that, yeah. I, 
I do love paint. Mm-hmm. The painting is the big thing for me. I, I really like to paint because I was an arty farty person over the years and I kind of gave it up. And, and I found actually that making things and painting sort of fulfills that muse for me. It's it, it just it just gives me the satisfaction of knowing that I can see some of my paintwork on something else. Yeah. Um, I think the most scariest one I've painted was Sabine Wren's armor from season two Rebels. That was hard going. Yeah, because it's it's very very it's very sort of distinctive sort of um, panels and and, and colours uh, colouring as well, isn't it? Um, mm-hmm. And of course, and, and of course, another wig involved with that one as well. So, oh. but um, as I yeah, say, no it, story with that wig. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah. But I say no. It's, it's, it, it's actually two wigs. Sorry, I'm talking over the top of you there. Yeah, it's actually two wigs. It's two wigs together because oh. I couldn't get the actual one. Two wigs. Yep. Wow, I so said that, that's that's what I mean. It's, it's it's the dedication that goes into it. I think um, I was going to say because the, the the painting thing for me, um, that that's what makes whatever you're building. Um, to be honest, because it's you can slap the paint on, you can make it look yeah, okay, it's the right colours. But for me, it's all about making it look used and weathered. Um, it doesn't yeah. ma- it doesn't matter what it is, whatever I'm building, whether it's like a an aircraft or. Um, like a you know a, a, a toe interceptor that I, I built recently. Um, it's all about the weathering, but also which is fun, by the way. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Well, the th- I think the thing yeah. for me is getting the detail in there, even though if no bugger can see it, I know it's right. I know I've done it properly. I did it with a um, Airfix did um, a couple of Doctor Who models, um, and one was uh, the TARDIS with with um, David Tennant and Martha Jones figures. Um, which he had to sort of construct and, and paint up, and, they, and it was meant to be for kids, really. Um, and they gave you like a few basic paints in there and a couple of brushes, and I thought this is no good. And when I started building the TARDIS first, and it cried a lot of filling and sanding down, um, but I actually painted up the console inside so it's screen accurate. You can't see it. You can open up the door and barely see it inside, um, and it's all like done in depth of field as well, so that the, the console is actually quite small. And it sits at the back of the of the uh, um, the back wall of the TARDIS, but I painted it so it looks exactly right. But as I say, no one's going to see it. I just do it because I know it's there. I know it's right. And it's the same thing yep. with the, the pinstripe suit on the on the Doctor's outfit as well, which is an absolute bugger to do. Um, and I was trying to figure out what's the best way to do it. And I looked at videos online and a few like modelling forums, and they were saying to um, if you paint the whole suit um sort of like that pale blue and then put on um you cut out sort of strips of masking tape Mm -hmm. so so they're only sort of like a millimeter thin stick them on the suit then paint over it in brown then peel them off so you've got the pinstripes there i thought this is too convoluted there's got to be an easier way to do it so i just thought watercolor pencils so I painted the suit brown and then, yes. then just drew the lines on the watercolour pencils, salted. And I, and I did it in about half an hour, as opposed to all this cutting out strips of masking tape and everything. It, it's just one of those eureka moments you have when you're building a, you're building a model or a, or a prop or something. You just find an easy way to achieve mm-hmm. that effect. Um, but the bugger with that, though, was Martha's T-shirt because it had this very... Um, ornate pattern on the front and they gave you a, a, um, a transfer to stick on which wouldn't go on at all really because well uh, Martha has boobs so it wouldn't go on 
the contours were all wrong for the transfer. <laughs> so so again, I had to hand paint that on as well, and it was almost like a like a Rorschach um, Rorschach diagram. It was um, yeah, it was, but yet that took me a long time to do that one. But but it looks right though. That's the thing. It looks absolutely looks perfect. But you know it's right. That's exactly. You know it's right. I'm not the main thing. Fuck the rest of them. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I have a wee tip for you. Well, you, you probably already know this, but Go when on. I was doing, I uh, bought my, my judge's helmet. It was a raw cast, what's called a raw cast, and I bought that from Steve Noden, who makes fantastic helmets. Mm-hmm. And I contacted another um, person, who used, uh, Lee Fields, who used to make helmets, and asked him for a wee bit of tip, t- tips on how to paint. And he had given me, he said to me, right, first of all, you prime it, and then you put silver on it, and then you put your black on it, and then you put your red. And uh, I had, I had, heard that some people actually use some sort of um, masking fluid so that they can do the stripe marks so that once you put it on after you put the silver on you mm-hmm. then put this masking fluid on yeah and, and then you put the back on and then you can peel it off so I contacted Stephen Steve about that and I said what one do you recommend he says I use copy decks so whenever oh, I, I yeah so whenever I painted the Silver, the, the base coat silver. I then painted on where I wanted some of the, you know, the bullet strike marks. Yeah, yeah. And the general weather. And then I sprayed it black. And when that was dry, and that was even through the, you know, the red bits at the front too. When that was dry, then all I did was was peel off the the copy decks, and it gave great strike marks. And so I've used that in different things again since. That just that one technique was, was really handy. Would you, do you and know also what? a Spain's helmet as well. Yeah, I was going to say. You watering? I was I was yep. gonna I was gonna do I was thinking of doing something like that with the lawgiver because obviously where it's weathered the, the the sort of the black sort of the black gun metals come off uh, to show the steel underneath and I was I was thinking of doing exactly the same thing but I was trying to figure out what can I do to take the black off of the silver so copy decks what a fantastic idea yeah well actually with my lawgiver and a few other bits and pieces I don't know whether you've ever heard of a thing called Robin Buff I have yes. Um, I don't know where to, where to really do, do you know what that's one thing I, I've um, I've actually found do you find it's really easy to come across all um, things like paints and things like that because I always think sort of like in, in America that those things that well I've watched videos it's usually done in America and there seems to be still sort of a bit of a, a thriving industry for like sort of like model making and paints and and so on and so on but in the UK, and I'd say I've been a modeler since I was about, you know, twelve years old. Um, and yeah, we're places like BTs and there's loads of little independent model shops about. And those places are now just gone. And we were left with model zone, which was okay, then that disappeared, and all we've got now is hobby craft in the UK. Um and it's become increasingly difficult to just go and buy stuff off the shelf. You have to go and order stuff all the time. Um do you find that's a bit of a, a, a the same sort of problem as is getting hold of the, not, the bits you need? Yeah, it's not so bad for me because I mostly I, I'm a big shopper in Halfords. Halford car paints are my thing. Oh it's right, most okay. of my yeah, Halford car paints. Um, actually, the last time I was in Halfords, because they always feel the need to make comments whenever you're buying anything in Halfords. I don't know if it's just because you're a woman buying something or, or whether <laughs> whether they just feel the need just to to make a random comment on what you're buying. So yeah. I went up and I had bought some, uh, do you know the mesh for body car filler because it was part of the flamethrower and yeah. I bought some more paint, car paint, and he looked at me and he went, oh, you're repairing your car then? I went, no, you'll never guess what it's for. 
and he gave me a sort of wee smirk and I went, I'm telling you, I'll not guess what it's for. Oh, what's it for then? I says, a flamethrower. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't, he never said a word. He, he didn't even take that, he didn't, didn't, didn't take that one at all and just ref- didn't bother saying anything at all. Not even, oh, well, I wouldn't have guessed that or what do you mean it's for a flamethrower? Nothing. Nothing. Absolutely. Oh, dear. Bloody hell. No. Oh, it's, it's, it's like you... you... Oh, I was actually... Uh-huh. I was going to say you, you mentioned that when you parked your um, when you parked your bike on the ferry, the bloke who can't see so you, you put that in gear. Oh my good grief! Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm just getting I'm getting PTSD Vietnam type flashbacks here. I was very polite when I'm basically go away, leave me alone. I have been on a boat before. My next words were going to be, "Are you an advanced motorcyclist too?" Because he was shit. He actually got off the boat and he was doing 45 and a 60. Him and his friends and we just went round him. Thought, "You're not wasting my time." Oh, even man. coming stealing home again there was another group of bikers and it was like flies around shite and I thought would you ever just go and leave me alone <laughs> <laughs> you know what's going on here today you alright there yes I'm okay yes I've tied my bike up before and thought, oh good grief oh, God. so yeah Halfords is pretty good but one other thing before I forget there's silver stripes actually in Sabine and it's there's also it's on her helmet and it's um, all sorts of weird patterns on that lid and it was terrible to try and do and again, it was how am I going to make these pinstripes? Pretty much the same as your as the, as the doctor. Yeah. And I thought tire marker pens. There's another hint. Tire marker pens are brilliant for now. It probably they would still be too big for your fine, you know, fine detail you fine do detail. on your models. Yeah. But yeah, tire marker pens are brilliant. If you need to draw a line around something, tire marker pens, and you get them in all different colors. Oh, brilliant! Mm-hmm. See, really good. The listeners and I are picking up loads and loads of tips here. We really, <laughs> this is brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and definitely Robin Buff. I, I use Robin Buff on my guns, the silver, and they do a nice sort of ruby red, which is great for oil type stains. And it's nearly easier than using copy decks and lifting the top layers off because you can get as fine as you want. And then I would usually hit it with a wee bit of matte black again just to try and take down some of the glare off it. Yeah. I'm just obsessed. Yeah, because I know um, yeah. I, I I have used that, that kind of rub and buff paint um, before because Humbrol um, do it and it ne- I never quite got the effect I wanted out of it. I just thought it, it was just a little bit too shiny, and, and as, as yeah. you're right, well, you, you, you had to weather it down again afterwards, you know, just to get the the right effects. But uh, but I say that's just sort of like one or two Humbrol paints that they do in their line, so. Um, so I'll definitely have to look into this rub and buff stuff as well, especially for yeah. The, well, the here's the difference with it. It's not a, yeah, it's not a paint. It's okay. a paste that you rub on with your finger. Ah, right. Okay, even better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, brilliant stuff. Oh wow! Absolutely. Picking up so many tips here tonight. This is excellent. <laughs> <laughs> I could go on for hours. Which is <laughs> what most people actually say, but yeah, I'm as I say, I'm kind of obsessed about it and. Wants to start talking about how you make things and how you weather things because yeah. I mean you're saying earlier on that you want to make sure everything's weathered. When whenever I first made some of my, my first costumes and mm. I was getting comments coming back from the clearance team, you need to weather that. And I thought, what do you mean? You need to make it look dirty. Of course, in real life, you don't want anything to look dirty. No, you so don't. That was no. kind of a, a completely <laughs> different mindset. What? Now everything's now everything looks like it's been dragged around the garden. Yeah. I think that's what people are looking for. They want that lived-in look, don't they, um, on things. And I certainly do anyway on, on, on something. But um, that's one of the things I've sort of struggled with with my um, Ninth Doctor um, costume because it, you've got that um, heavy um, 
it's basically it's a U-boat commander's jacket, um, which I bought from a place called Wested Leather. Um, mm-hmm. And they make sort of reproductions of um, sort of film and TV clothing, predominantly leather clothing. Um, but they also supply um, clothing for films and TV productions as well. So you're guaranteed that everything you buy is sort of pretty screen accurate. However, everything is brand new. So it's that it's that case of, well, I spent a lot of money on this coat. Do I really want to go and screw it up now by dragging it across concrete and making it look, you know, lived in and scuffed mm-hmm. and everything? So I'm, I'm, I've got a bit of internal debate about that one at the moment. So yeah, that's that's heartbreaking. Yeah, for, for Judge Archer, I, I I had to buy a pair of motorcycle boots, even though I have loads of bike bike boots. Mm-hmm. Not nothing was going to be suitable because I had to stick shins on these and toe guards and all sorts of bits and pieces. Yeah, and I seen a really nice pair on on ebay and alpine stars and really really good boots because they had to have three straps i mean this is just how fussy everything has to be and so partner he's a biker as well and when they arrived they were they were absolutely mint somebody had never really used them and i said i told him <laughs> i'm gonna have to take brillo pads to these oh. and i'm gonna have to spray them and i'm gonna have to cover them in dirt and stick things on them i thought he was gonna cry he couldn't <laughs> now he understands a bit more but it just seemed like well why do you want to destroy these perfectly good what would have been very expensive motorcycle boots only yeah. I got them cheap because that's what the character has exactly <laughs> that's what you do that's what is, you do exactly <laughs> so of course the it other thing um, obviously now you're sort of doing photo shoots and you, and you, you previously said you asked to, to sort of like you know go along to conventions with certain costumes and everything um, how, how did that sort of how did that sort of come about? Was was that sort of like a a byproduct, or was it just people just sort of following you on Facebook and where, where you've turned up at other conventions, or or, or you gone trooping or whatever? Um, well, it used to be most up until this year because I've only I've only guessed it once, and uh, I'm so famous, not really, <laughs> but I've, only guessed, I've guessed it once, and that was uh, very friendly mine actually who who works for monopoly events very kindly put me forward as mm-hmm. one of the guests and their panel went yep we'll have her she showed them my costumes so i was very grateful to gabrielle for that and uh she's the monopoly events host she's i mean they they're they took over from mcm and they also would do for the love of sci-fi in manchester yeah so it was quite it's quite a big deal and i was absolutely chuffed but the photo shoots i know quite a few photographers over here some are very good friends and they would just say do you fancy coming down and doing a photo shoot actually did a charity one a couple of months ago and my profile photograph at the moment is Catwoman. And that was done by one of those photographers. Sometimes oh, they come back and you think, wow, I don't even know myself. <laughs> He's very much following me around on a daily basis to make me look that good. But the one tomorrow, it's it's a friend. And um, I've hopefully a few more now to get around. It's, it's, do you know, the one of the biggest problems I have at the moment is I keep making things and I don't have the time to either watch TV, films, or uh, or actually do photo shoots. Because I'm, oh, I'm just making things too just, much. Yeah. And I need to kind of knock that on the head. Is it a case you, you've got so many ideas of what to do? do you, are you sort of starting things and then not completing them? And then you think, oh, I've got another great idea and move on to something else. Or, or do you sort of like, okay, I've started this, I'm going to finish it? Uh, well, we start it and finish it, Kate and I, but there's quite often other things going on at the same time. So Kate will say to me, right, okay, what's your priorities at the moment? I'll go, okay, the, it, it's, it's Ripley or it's Batwoman or it'll be Cersei Lannister whenever that eventually arrives. Um, quite often, you know, even whenever you buy something off the peg, it'll need tweaked, it'll yes. need fitted, and that's, yeah, you can rescue a very cheap costume if if you have it fitted to you properly. That's that's so that, that's, that's very that true, actually. Big, yeah, 
That is true, because I'd have that done with my um, 12th Doctor, the blue coat. I'd have the sleeves taken up and the, it taken in and just to make it look and feel right, actually. Because I was sort of, when I was looking at it, I thought, no, you can see the cuffs of his shirt below the, below the jacket mm. sleeve. Um, and I, I think I had, the, I had the, the sleeves raised, I think, at least twice until I got it exactly how I wanted it. So that yeah. so I, I found can... I found a really good tailor to do that as well. He was sort of um, wasn't the cheapest of tailors, but he did a fantastic job though. Brilliant. Yeah, everybody needs a maison de Cato. I'm very very lucky. You are I'm very lucky. Indeed. This, so, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to have so, a best friend who's talented and who's willing as well is is a rare thing. Oh well, you struck gold there. You really have struck gold. But uh, but as I say, oh, um, cool. just before we sort of we sort of finish up here, um, I was going to say, is there is there sort of like a a, a character um, that you would dearly love to do, but you haven't had the time to get around to doing it, or you think it's it's going to be damn near impossible to do that costume? Oh, probably Boba Fett. I okay. absolutely adore Boba Fett. Yeah, uh, there is a lady Fett out there. Her, her work is fantastic. She's on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I would just love to be Boba Fett. I have I've been Ren. She's a Mandalorian, so that's probably the closest I'll ever get to it. But I really need to. I think I probably need to start calming down. Actually, to be honest, in terms of the amount of costumes that I have, I shouldn't really be looking at anything. Else. <laughs> well, I was going to say, how many costumes do you actually own now? Oh, I think it's mm, <laughs> must be close to thirty. I would say. Good By the time God. you break down the leg of the tie pilot, yeah, you can you can do if you've a tie pilot, which I have, you, you can do things like bridge crew and all sorts of bits and pieces and a not duty tie pilot. So those are yeah. classified as separate costumes in the five hundred first. I mean, there's everything from heroes like Cato from the Green Hornet and Martial Law, um, Black Canary, Batwoman. There's always one to forget. There's Missy. I mean, the Doctor Who cosplay came later. I actually do Unit as well. It doesn't come out that often, but I do oh, do no, Unit. You, you have done that, haven't you? Yes, yes. No, I've seen the photos of Unit's that one. That's, that's, yeah, that's I love great, doing Unit. Yeah, it's a great costume, that one. Because uh, no, you, yeah. you, So you've actually done sort of two 13th Doctor. You've done the, the post-regeneration costume and then the actual 13th Doctor costume. Yeah, uh, yeah that was that was one of those. I got found a lovely man's jacket it on Facebook and thought, I'm going to have to get that and destroy it. <laughs> Literally <laughs> burning holes and ripping bits and fraying bits. And once you get started, it's very, very th- therapeutic. But I didn't really want to do that to start off with, just no. to wreck it. Yeah, but that was that was great fun to do. Um, actually, the 13th doc- my 13th Doctor costume, no matter which one I'm in, gets a great reception each time because uh, people well, people recognize it right away. And, and I, I, maybe I don't know whether it sounds vain or not, but a few people have said I look very, very like her. So it's, it's to me that's a huge. Even my mum, which is, <laughs> which is the best one. Mum says she looked just like her, and uh, so it's it does it gets a good it gets good feedback now from people who are, are big Doctor Who fans. And Missy, Missy's just Missy's just pure evil. So as soon as I put Missy on, that's it. I'm just mischief for the rest of the day. You're in character. <laughs> just just love her. She's a, she's fantastic. Um, she's so it's just so easy to be Michelle Gomez. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I, I, I think that's the thing. Once you do get a um, do get a costume on, um, you, you do feel different. To be honest, whether you actually mm-hmm. whether you actually feel like I, I feel like I'm the character, but you you do sort of like feel a bit more. Um, how can I put it? Sort of 
not sort of sort of like you know puffed up and full of importance, but you do feel good if you know what I mean. Oh yeah, yeah, but it's it does it's very. I mean, there we go. There, there's there's Doctor Thirteenth Doctor now, Aunt Missy, and as soon as I put the costumes on, I feel completely different. It is it is like having <laughs> multiple personalities because yeah, it's. It, the designers are actually quite clever. Yes, I, I know whenever the 13th Doctor, some of the promo photographs came out, I wasn't happy with it at all. I thought it, it literally looked like she got, she was drunk and, and uh, in the dark in Oxfam. Ironically <laughs> enough, it comes out in the one that she has in the secondhand shop. But flip, I tell you, you do well to try and find that quality of stuff in the secondhand shop. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> it is, once you see it moving and you see her in the character and you actually put it on, it just it feels right. It does feel right. And Missy feels right that she's sort of semi-Victorian, a wee bit of steampunk in there and just pure evil. Yeah, that's it. You do. I must admit, when I put on the um, the 12th Doctor thing, if everyone takes my photo, I just find myself pulling sort of 12th Doctor poses. He's always sort of pointing yeah. at the camera and stuff like that. And, and I would never, ever dreamt of doing that. And I, I think, you know, um, I've got into cosplaying sort of only just in the last sort of like two or three years, um, if I'm honest. So, but there's part of me wishes, I wish I'd done this sooner. Yeah, but we're off, we're an older generation and it wasn't really there for us. That's the thing. No, it wasn't. I think in the, in the, um, certainly the UK, um, and I, I, I suppose in sort of Northern Ireland as well, it, it's not, it wasn't really a thing, was it? I always thought cosplaying was more of an American thing to do. Um, yeah. And again, it comes down to, because it was readily available, you could go and buy the bits and make your own costumes and, and stuff like that, and I suppose that, um, I suppose really it's sort of Star Trek started that. That I think that's probably the biggest movement for cosplayers. And then you had like Star Wars, and now up there Marvel, obviously, and DC have crept in mm-hmm. as well. That's it's absolutely massive, and and you have got Doctor Who there um, as well on the fringes. But it, it's um, no, it, it's I'm glad I've done it. Put it that way, I'm glad I've done it. Oh yeah, definitely. It's actually a pity you're not over here because we have a a Doctor Who group that kind of started. Well, it was it grew organically actually. There was quite a few of us around the Emerald Garrison, and we know other people as well that do that do Doctor Who and Forbidden Planet in Belfast. I've known them for donkey's years. And Mal, the manager, said to me, "Will you come down in your regen Doctor for Doctor Who Day last November?" I said, "Oh yeah, I'd love to. Can I bring some mm. friends down with me?" So there's about. Must have been the guts of fifteen of us. Oh, brilliant! <laughs> did it that way, yeah. And we all we stayed together as a group, and um, we did another day actually in Forbidden Planet as well. As we're called the Eye of Harmony. So, but Harmony it, it ends not with uh, an NY; it's an NI for Northern Ireland. Okay. So it's yeah. it's great fun. I mean, it's, everybody's just really enthusiastic about Doctor Who. I mean, nothing has to be completely screen accurate, but just near Stamet, we don't have clearance. We're just. Just everybody knows what a good costume looks like, and and hmm. there's like variations on things. And I mean, one of the girls, Amanda, who is fantastic, her clockwork. I keep always going to call it a clockwork orange. It's not a clockwork orange. That's my nickname for them, the clockwork <laughs> oranges. She makes these clockwork droid costumes, which are superb. And she actually gave me a coat that would that would do a female fourth doctor. So I'm hoping to work on it too. Oh, excellent! I'll look forward to seeing <clears throat> yeah. that one. God, yeah, yeah, be good yeah. fun. I think the thing that the thing is, um, I suppose, of like a, a final sort of message, really, um, turning out there, what he wants to um, wants to cosplay is, I suppose, really sort of like make something you feel comfortable in. Um, it doesn't matter if it's screen accurate; just have fun more than anything else. Yeah, and make, 
Yeah, make make sure it's a character you like as well. There's quite a lot of people out there, especially people who do it for a lot of fame, mm. and they think, well, that character looks fantastic, but they don't really know that character. <laughs> you can get caught out very, very easily at a convention. Somebody comes up and talks to you about your character, and if you don't know who they are, they'll tell you. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> you, 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 you don't know. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll take the mickey out of you, but uh, yeah, make sure it's one that you love. If you get that weave we feeling in your gut whenever they come on the screen like when black canary first came on the screen in the the arrow series a few years ago i thought mm. oh yes i want to be her that's fantastic if you get that feeling do that character and it doesn't matter how good it is just go out there and be that person because a crappy costume but with a lot of enthusiasm and the mannerisms and the look can it can really take you there exactly it can really sell it can't it maybe maybe mm. i'll maybe i will do that pertwee outfit soon <laughs> oh yes you do part way and I'll do fourth doctor. Fair enough. That's 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 a deal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll let you have one of my jelly babies. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, Joanne, it's been absolutely fantastic talking to you. Um, it really has been. And um, I'll say, if, if you're on Facebook out there, check out uh, Joanne's um, um, page, Hedge Scout. Have a look on there. There's all sorts of like um, other costumes on there. And they're, 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 they'll say, really fantastic. And um, you might even sort of like get the bug yourself to start cosplaying. So yeah, uh, if anybody wants wants to talk about it, you know, feel free to send me a message. There you uh, are. I'll be, yeah, it'll probably be a lot cleaner than some of the messages I've got. <laughs> yeah. Well, Joe, absolutely brilliant. And um, I say once again, thank you so much for uh, joining me this evening. Yeah, thanks very much, Phil. I really appreciated it. Thanks. Hey, it was good hey. fun. to the Who's He podcast. Please visit our website at who's-he-podcast.co.uk. You can also follow us on Twitter at who's underscore he underscore podcast. And please also join the Who's He podcast Facebook group. The Who's He podcast is a member of the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance.